Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Tuesday edition of the Sports Cage uh, for Sask Lotteries. Of course, bringing communities together, Sask Lottery products fund over 12,000 sports, culture, and recreation groups across Saskatchewan. Still ahead in this edition of the program, we will check in with Glenn Suter on press coverage for Quality Tire. Joining us now on the Western Pizza Hotline is our guest, Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Gully at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Arash, we had Bob McCown on this show yesterday. You have a tough act to follow, my friend. Yes, indeed. I mentioned to you on text, Bob and I have shared many a studio over the years. I was his co-pilot for... Uh, Number of nights, number of weeks, um, and uh, how's he sounding? Uh, he sa- well, he sounded a lot better yesterday than I do today, uh, but okay, he's sure. he's sounding better all the time. I noticed that, wouldn't you say, Pete? Okay, oh, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. For those who don't know, Bob's actually dealing with the aftermath of having a couple of strokes, so we're wishing him well. Well, I appreciate him telling uh, his story because I know a lot of our listeners have had health challenges from time to time. And uh, do you think that there's room in the world for a few more Bob McCowns now, people who can give straight talk when you think about how much of the media uh, works directly for the teams or is closely affiliated with the teams? No, I don't, unfortunately, because what I think teams and leagues and athletes and agents Really, the disdain they have the most for, Brendan, is the truth. Mm. They really dislike the idea of it being said out loud what is actually going on with them. They don't want fairness anymore. They're just looking for an agenda, for a spin, for their own way of portraying what is happening. And we're seeing it happen all over the place. You know, it's, it's one thing when you have your own social media channels to do things in-house, but it's another when you start trying to influence and push people out who are just telling it like it is, who are speaking the truth. And I found in the last few years, more than ever, what, what provides the most discomfort for those in charge of professional sports organizations, for those who are the decision makers, and for the athletes and the coaches and the rest. They really dislike the truth being told most of all. Well, I've heard that off and on, and I don't think that's something new. I don't think that's unique, but I hear what you're saying. It seems to be like we're seeing more and more of it with uh, some of the things that have happened, even in the National Football League, the way some of these broadcasters have been filtered out through. Oh, I, I don't think this is just. I think this is on both sides of the border. No matter what size of the league or what the economics are, and I think with this, sh- look, it's happening in our governments too. With a shrinking media environment, mm-hmm. there are fewer and fewer people being held to account, and so what organizations are now doing is they're jumping on this and taking advantage of it. I don't think this is just a multi-billion dollar industry issue. I think this is happening all over. 
Yeah, and sometimes these organizations and leagues don't embrace the different media outlets. The fact that they're being talked about is probably good for their own self-promotion. But on that cheery note, uh, the Toronto Raptors have their longest winning streak of the season. And in the final moments of their win over the Pacers in Indiana, the players on the bench were chanting pizza. What's that all about? Pizza, pizza, that's right. What was that all about? Well... Yeah, you mentioned it's the longest win streak of the season, so it's three games. It's it's been a long haul for the Raptors. Yay! <laughs> They've effectively torn the whole thing apart. They, you know, they're building it from scratch again. Um, but their new coach, Coach Darko, told them, "Listen, we go on a win streak. We win three in a row. Dinner's on me." And here Darko thought that he was going to be on the hook for some crazy steakhouse, you know, Gibson Steakhouse in Chicago or something like that. And the dudes at the end of the bench are saying, no, 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 we're good with pizza. Like, like bring it on, Darko, as long as you're the one picking up the tab. It's not about how steep the check is. It's more the idea, the gesture, the notion that their coach is going to be the one who's going to have to uh, – get off his wallet and and pay for the whole thing. It's funny how silly some of these things that these millionaire athletes get excited about are. Sure. Uh, I remember um, for a very brief time, I was having the privilege of wandering around the Detroit Tigers clubhouse and I would okay. see the there'd be a big table full of deodorant and then there'd be a big table full of um, I don't know some hair product and everything was sponsored uh, I think you could get your own cleats you could get your own shoes hmm. and oh, I started yeah. thinking how much of this stuff do these guys even have to pay for and like forget about the fact they make all this money hmm. they get all this stuff for free and I think it was maybe Doug Smith, somebody, he might have been on with you or Ash on the radio telling the story of NBA players that he knows who try not to use their debit card at all during the season and just live off right. of the per diems. Did you ever meet any athletes who told you those kind of stories? Well, it's not that they told me. I mean, you just see it. You know, from, from, from the Raptors pizza thing, I think just human nature is, hey, our boss is going to be the one who's going to pick up the tab and he's going to have to pay for something because of something we did. Mm-hmm. I think that's human nature regardless of industry. You know, here's what's interesting, Brendan. And it's funny Doug brought up the debit card thing. We get so immune to some of the, to, to the money that gets thrown around in the big four leagues sometimes. You know, I'm just, this week, they're talking about restructuring some of the deals and that Patrick Mahomes' base salary is $9.5 million, but his cap hit is going to be somewhere in the 36 range, but the cash is actually 50 Okay, hold on. $50 million for one season paid in 17 game checks in the NFL. So I'll tell you this story. Um, back in the day, uh, 10-ish years ago, maybe a little more. I'm in the visitor's clubhouse at Rogers Center. The Blue Jays, I think they're playing the White Sox or something. You know, some May or June series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the way the baseball players get paid, as you know, is every second Friday, the traveling secretary comes around, just hands pay stubs to everybody. So I was waiting for an athlete. I'm waiting for a player to interview. And, the, you know, the guy comes around and hands one of the pitchers on the White Sox his pay stub. 
And I'm standing next to him. He just kind of opens the envelope, looks at it, throws it down on his chair, goes into the back to get treatment or to shower, to eat, or whatever it is they do. And I just kind of look down at, at his chair. His take-home, his take-home for those two weeks was $474,000. And I was just like, wow. So it got me thinking. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Two Fridays from now, he's going to get 474. Two Fridays ago, he got 474. Who knows what his signing bonus was? And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's a Friday night game. In those days, the Jays would play Saturday and Sunday at 1 o'clock. Now the Saturday games are a little later. It's like 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon. But, you know, 1 o'clock game, you leave the ballpark around 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Let's say some of the boys wanted to go out for dinner. If that pitcher went to a bank machine and took out 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks for dinner that night and, you know, for whatever else they're going to do. Brendan, what do you think the slip would say when he took the withdrawal of $1,500 out in June based on a $474,000 Unbelievable. direct deposit every two weeks? I, I, I don't know, I don't know that I would say. I don't know that I would trust myself to have that kind of money. I feel like you'd have to sit down with an advisor. They probably all have advisors, don't they, where they're paid on this day and... 400000 goes into this investment account. I mean, that would be kind of a recipe for disaster if you didn't, wouldn't it? Well, and here's the other part. Um, further to what Doug was saying about, and it's not just the per diems. I can speak to this from a baseball standpoint. You know, out of nowhere, at some point in the middle of the season, players will just have a check show up from <laughs> Tops or Panini, the trading card or the trading sticker companies, I think they each get something like fifteen or twenty or twenty-five thousand bucks from that. Well, one player once told me. He said, "Yeah, I got a bank account that uh, the family doesn't know about, and that's the play money, the tops money, some of the apparel money that comes in, the contract. Everybody knows what's going on, but there's a lot of extra dough that when it comes to the trip to Vegas with the guys, it comes to the rookie dinner, when it comes to nights out, it comes to whatever else these guys like to do with their free time. Um, but stuff you don't think about, you know? Now, for a guy making $25 bucks, $15,000 from Topps money may not necessarily matter. But if you're back and forth, minors, big leagues, you're, you know, clearing $100,000, $200,000 in a year, $15,000 makes a big difference. Well, now that I'm thoroughly depressed about the uh, the dollars and cents involved, um, yes, Arash, I want to ask you about the Raptors a little bit. Uh, at the trade deadline, when OGN and Obi, Malachi, Flynn, and friends moved on, the premise was well, and it wasn't a surprise. Siakam, don't forget Pascal. Oh, of course, Pascal, of course. This is now Scotty Barnes's team. Uh, Scotty yeah. Barnes is going to be the preeminent. He's going to be the number one option on offense, and every has that actually panned out? I've I've watched a few games, and Scotty Barnes is certainly a generational talent, I think, but has he become the man there yet? Well, I don't know if anyone's quite the man, so to speak, the superstar, just because the Raptors just have fallen off the radar in terms of relevance. But Barnes more and more is establishing himself as a legit NBA player. You know, snuck into the All-Star game because of injury this year. That matters to him. He now kind of rubs shoulders with the best in the game. We forget sometimes in a one-and-done world now 
of dudes going to college for a year and then going into the draft. You know, if, if we were talking 20 years ago, Scotty Barnes would still be in college. Mm-hmm. And he's being asked to play, you know, be the face of the franchise against grown men in their late 20s, 30s who are, you know, physically developed and seasoned and know how to handle 82 games. The Raptors are hoping that Barnes is going to be the next one. You know, the next the next uh, I don't want to put him in. It's so hard to say it out loud, right? Like the next Carter, the next McGrady, the next Bosch, the next DeRozan, the next Lowry. But that's what the Raptors are hoping he can be. There's so much more left for him to do that. But slowly he's kind of getting progress. He's making progress. He's taking next steps. And I know he's all over subway commercials and all over, you know, billboards for subway, but he's not quite a nationally known name yet, but it seems that he's inching closer and closer to it by the week, by the month. Well, all I can say about that is, is in Masai I trust because of uh, the great job he did when he took over from Brian Colangelo and the championship that they had. I know it's been five years since then. I'll give Masai another five years to figure it out. Oh, for me. Really? Yes. For me, he has earned that badge. He has earned that time. I don't feel the same about the two people running the Blue Jays, but that's a whole other story. Let's Which go. is interesting because Masai in the last five years, they have won one playoff series. They got nothing for Kyle Lowry. They got nothing for Fred Van Vliet. Their, their asset management has been brutal. They thought they were better than they were, and they just kept spinning their tires. They came nowhere near the playoffs after a one-and-done in the bubble. Um, it's it's amazing how perceptions go. You know, it's 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 interesting. It's just interesting how it is. You know, Joe Madden was the manager of the Cubs. They win the World Series for the first time in a hundred whatever years. Two years later, he's out of a gig. Doug Peterson and the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Philly hadn't had a championship in how many decades? A couple of years later, Doug Peterson's out, and now here in Toronto. The Raptors haven't done anything since July of 2019. We're now in 2024. And uh, I think, Brendan, a lot of people would agree with you. Yeah, let's give Masai five more years, even though there's been nothing that's happened in the last five years. Maybe it's because Masai's just so darn likable. I don't know. But I feel like I'm just, I, you know, and I almost wonder if Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment uh, feels like they've checked that box. Okay, got the, they've won the Grey Cup. They've won the MLS Championship. Do they even care about the Grey Cup? Uh, Larry Tannenbaum does, but, I think. But, okay, so further to that, when they won the Grey Cup in, what year was that? 17. And then again in 22. Two, three, yeah, but two, three years later, the GM and the head coach were gone to the Argo. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Right? They win the MLS Cup, and they've gone through how many coaches now since? Vanny was out. They brought somebody else in. He was out. Replaced by Terry Dunfield. He's out. And now John Herdman's in charge. They've been through a couple of GMs. Tim Bezbachenko left. His successor left. And now they're on to another one. And yet, Masai... He just keeps hanging around. Viewed it like he's done an incredible job of branding himself as 
the authority of basketball, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that, yeah. That, that's interesting. I think that makes sense. Um, before you go, I want to touch on the CFL. Um, not a good news story. We had Glenn Suter on the air while it was breaking uh, with what happened in Toronto and the lawsuit and the Chad Kelly situation. Seems like things have been very quiet. I know some have criticized the league office for not giving something of a response. Why has it been so quiet and how do you see this unfolding? It's the most outstanding player in the league. For a league that has said our domestic violence policy is top of mind and that there will be consequences, that's what's in the policy, and yet the league's gone quiet. It's, it is vintage Randy Ambrosi at the helm. That's what it is. Now, they're not apples and apples, but the closest comp, and they're not, again, they're not apples and apples. Deshaun Watson got 11 games for what was alleged that he got into with a number of massage therapists. But here's the difference. None of those people that Watson was alleged to have been involved with were team employees. This was a strength and conditioning coach involved with the organization inside the walls. And she alleges that she went to management is what she alleges in the lawsuit, not just, you know, making a statement. She's taking this to the courts, and the assistant general manager of the Argos was alleged to have said, now you've opened up a can of worms that, you know, we can't close. This, to me, appears on the surface as if it's a systemic issue in the organization. If Deshaun Watson got 11 games, how many will the most outstanding player in the CFL get if the league claims it takes its domestic violence uh, issues as seriously as they say they do. It'll be fascinating to see how it unfolds. And of course, John Murphy, we remember, uh, well, he worked here with the Riders for a while and then he was let go for shoving a Thai cat fan. That was kind of amusing. This is a little more, they, they fired more him. More than a shove. Stuff. Well, I think he shoved them, didn't he? Did he shove them or punch them? I can't remember. It was on Yeah, I would say it was more than a shove. Okay. And let's not forget the comments that came out of Mr. Right, right, right. But so, you know, they fired him, then they brought him back a year later. The, you know, if, if what is being And I'm pretty sure on true, that year off, he still got paid. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Well, that'll be, that'll be an interesting story to follow and see how it pans out. Uh, speaking of the Argo, since Corey Mace came to Regina, we haven't seen Toronto announce a new defensive coordinator to replace him. Do you know what their plan is for finding somebody new? Definitively no, but I can report that this is what I've been led to believe on the Argos front is that they won't have a defensive coordinator, that they're going to start at least with co-defensive coordinators. Mm. And they're going to go, not, you know, Mace is a defensive lineman by trade, which is interesting, but because I'm led to believe that what the Argos are going to do is promote Will Fields and Kevin Iben, mm. a defensive back, Fields was back in the day. Ivan was a linebacker with some special teams background. Um, they're going to make them co-coordinators. I'd expect to see that from the Argos this season to start. I, I don't believe there's going to be kind of an heir apparent or a replacement at the D.C. position of one candidate. I think they're going to kind of spread it around, if you will. So, look, Mace is a – those are big shoes to fill. Uh, when you think about how and why the Argos won the Grey Cup in 2022 – it was because of the defense. 
and especially in that Grey Cup game against Winnipeg. And um, so that that's what I've been just been led to believe on the Argos coaching front. That's interesting, kind of an outside the box idea for the Argos to do. Some it teams that way. are doing that now. They have one defensive coach responsible for the quote unquote pass game, and the other for the run game. So eh, see how it works. Except linebackers cover the pass. <laughs> this is true. You have yeah. To be diverse. yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a bad idea, but uh, we will just have to wait. And you know why it's happening? Because of the idiotic staff cap. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another topic for another day. Arash, thank you as always. All right. Appreciate it, fellas. All right. And that is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment, you're listening to Rider Radio 620 CKRM.